0: Kathy Hobbs knew since a young age that she was going to die. I believe wholeheartedly in premonitions, whether they're a message from a higher power or a peek beyond the veil. There is definitely something to be said when it comes to dreaming about or seeing the future. It's happened to me, personally, but in the case of Catherine Hobbs, there was not much that she could do to stop her impending fate. Hey guys, welcome back to maybe not another episode of the Haunted Detective podcast, but we have another season special for you guys here today. And this one is coming from a very special place in our hearts. Uh, It's coming from the place of technical difficulties of episode five. (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) I'm your favorite host, Kelsey Childs, but everyone calls me the paranormal Sherlock Holmes. And with me is your favorite co-host, Pamela J. So, Pamela, today I have two paranormal cases for you. One involves a murder. The other just involves some weird shit going on. Okay, so we're going to get into ghosts. We're going to... Not ghosts. I wouldn't call it ghosts. I would call it the other part of paranormal, like predicting the future. Okay. Maybe summoning something accidentally. Oh, we're going to... You accidentally summon something? I mean, we're not going to that WikiHow page that we talked about. Oh, we're not going to do it. No, 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 not yet. Oh, not how, yet. How's that a
1: season special? What's so special about it? Summon- <laughs> What's so s- <laughs> <laughs> Summon
0: something? Well, that's special. Oh, uh, but fine. I digress. I digress. Kathy was an unusual child, not because of trauma or anything of the sort. When she was very young, she started having premonitions that she wouldn't live to the age of 16. Her family couldn't sway her belief, only watch helplessly as she avoided the world around her. From what I understand about foreseeing your death, there isn't much that can be done to stop it, kind of like Final Destination. Ooh. Final Destination made me not want to go into a tanning bed, like, for the rest of eternity. I thought you were going to say Final Destination made me nauseous, and I was going to be, like, same, nauseous with anxiety. <laughs> it did.
1: Yeah, no, it also made me nauseous. It was tanning bed and also driving behind any of those trucks with logs in them. Mm-mm. I don't want to know how I die. I know. I, because I would, if it was, like, you're going to die by a car accident, catch me never going near a car ever again. Yeah. I will be that weird person that's on a bike. <laughs> or a moped for the rest of eternity. I will be in the woods on a moped. I will not use roads. I will not use anything. No, absolutely not. Not. Do not psychologically torture me like that.
0: Well, for Kathy Hobbs, it really was psychological torture. That's a great way to put it. She tried to hide from her fate by refusing to leave the house, avoiding other people, and just overall isolating herself away from the world, which I don't blame her. <laughs> I'd do the same thing. I would also do the same thing. I do that now. (laughs) Fair. I passed by a guy at the gym that I matched with on Hinge, and I just looked at the ground and walked past him. So same. What can I say? People are scary. That is your tagline. (laughs) She wasn't exactly a happy child before all of this started. Her parents' divorce when she was eight left her in shambles. And to make matters worse, a close friend of hers died of a heart disease in seventh grade. One could argue that this might have contributed to Kathy's fear, whether it caused it or it amplified it. We don't really know.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assumption.
0: Soon enough, Vivian Hobbs, Kathy's mother, decided that it was time for them to move to Las Vegas. This is where her 16th birthday would come and pass with no tragic events.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. I was, I'm I'm really glad that that ended like that. Oh Wait, did it not end?
0: No, we're not done. Oh. We're not done.
1: I thought we were going to actually have a happy ending.
0: On this podcast, maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) God. It was as if a weight was lifted off of her and she finally allowed herself like just a chance to breathe. She came out of her room and said to her family, I made it, mom. I made it. I'm 16. I did it. I'm alive.
1: That actually makes me really sad.
0: Kathy began to go out, make new friends and really be a kid for the first time in her life. But this excitement was short lived. On July 23, 1987, at 11 p.m., Kathy finished reading her book and decided to go to the supermarket to buy a new one. She said goodbye to her mom and insisted that she kiss her goodbye. Why? I'll be up when you get back, Vivian had said, and that was the last time she ever spoke to her daughter. What?
1: What do you… Where, what happened?
0: At 3 a.m., Vivian was woken up by a weird dream. Quote, I felt like I had been hit on the head. And all of a sudden, I got a very peaceful feeling, and I thought, well, it's over now, and I fell back asleep, end quote. This is very important, a very, very important thing to remember, as it will come into play shortly. Kathy's room was empty when Vivian woke up the next morning, and she immediately filed a missing persons case. By the second day, the Las Vegas Metro Police Homicide Division was positive that Kathy had been abducted. The clerk at the store remembered seeing her at approximately 11.17 p.m. that evening, but from there, no one knows what happened. And then nine days later, a hiker named Rick Pacolt was exploring the desert by Lake Mead when he got a whiff of a, quote, very strange odor. What he found was heart-shattering. There was the body of Kathy Hobbs. Now, remember, like, ten seconds ago, I <laughs> mentioned Vivian's dream?
1: Yeah, that she had like a peaceful feeling almost.
0: Well, at exactly 3 a.m., a very specific time she woke up feeling like she had been bashed over the head. Oh, And then she felt something peaceful. This is where it comes into play. Content warning for people who get triggered by assault type things. Kathy had been sexually assaulted and then bludgeoned to death at around 3 a.m., the same time that Vivian felt like she was hit over the head.
1: (sighs) It doesn't matter how many times I've heard a case of those ty- where those types of things happen. They make me sick to my stomach every time. She was so young, and I just think about the fear.
0: Yeah, I mean, it must have been. I mean, I, I just, we'll, we'll get to that. Fortunately, in, you know, the the little bit of, the little sliver of light in a very dark instance. The crime itself is said to be solved. Michael Lockhart was a serial killer who was arrested for murders that followed similar patterns to Kathy's. And the police found blue fibers at Kathy's crime scene that was later matched to a blue 1986 Toyota Celica that Lockhart had stolen in May of 1987, a car that he kept until November of the same year. This was matched up with other evidence that ties him to her case. It's not exactly like proven, proven, but authorities questioned him about it before he was executed. And they, quote, strongly believe that he was responsible.
1: So her her mom and her family got some type of justice. Yes. Well, that's that's good. I mean, it's unfortunate that anything happened to her or any of his victims, but at least they were able to get some answers.
0: So the thing that people always ask me with this case is, is it possible that her fear manifested what happened to her? It manifested her fate because she was so scared and constantly like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And I, I'm very happy to say that's not how manifestation works.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Fortunately. But I do think that it's fascinating. It it's really, really fascinating that She predicted her death like she knew it was going to be something that someone did to her based on her behaviors, although we don't have confirmation about that. And then that coupled with her mom waking up, feeling like someone hit her over the head, just like it it had happened to Kathy at the exact same time Mm -hmm. and then feeling a peaceful feeling when Kathy passed. I just think that it's it's really sad, but it's very fascinating.
1: Yeah, I can, I I find this, I find the theory of the connection of the thought of her passing away at 16 and then the mother's uh, feeling of the head hurting at 3 a.m. Exactly. I find that alone very fascinating. But what I find interesting as well as sad, I think it's uncommon for someone to grow up knowing or at least feeling like they know like i am not going to get past this age like there's just something that's going to happen to me that could be a root of many things it, it the paranoia is a fickle friend and i wonder if maybe it wasn't something paranormal and, and i don't know if paranormal is the right terminology but if it was something spiritual i'm not sure what word I'm trying to put, but I, I don't know if it was something like that, rather than something that was just a coincidence, and a really, really, really sad and heartbreaking coincidence.
0: I mean, you can never discount that because obviously we can't prove. Oh, yeah, this. of course we can't. Of course, for one, ask Kathy, like, what what was your premonition?
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: what did you think was going to happen to you? And you know, it's possible that her avoiding the public and avoiding people delayed her fate. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, dude, I have had, I know I haven't talked about it on here much past season one, but I learned when I was 22 (laughs) that psychic abilities apparently run in my family. Like my mother and her brother shared consciousness in a dream once. Okay. Um, For those of you who don't know, my grandmother was murdered and Uh, It is said that my uncles knew it was going to happen before it actually did. Although I've been told that and then that statement was reneged and then I was told it and then it was, it's, my family has a very, very complicated relationship with the paranormal, understandably with my mom, because she lost her mother. And if there are spirits, then that could mean her mom is trapped or why hasn't her mom visited her, you know? So Mm -hmm. it took my mother a very long time to entertain the conversation, but when she did, I heard all this stuff and I was like, wow, fascinating. Thanks for, you know, not telling me this growing up in a haunted house when I was seeing ghosts. <laughs> but I have had some pretty wild premonitionary things happen to me. And mm-hmm. some of them are just like small. Some of them are really, really small. Like one night I I had this friend. I'm going to change names just for privacy's sake. I'm going to call her. Melinda, Because I don't know anyone named Melinda, and I love Melinda Gordon from Ghost Whisperer. Melinda was in my dream, and in my dream, Melinda's car broke down. And she calls me in my dream, and she goes, Kelsey, my car, it's dead. It's done. It's broken. Like, it's done. And then, throughout my dream, her and her boyfriend broke up, and the car was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in their relationship, and all this stuff. And... There was no nothing to indicate that there was anything wrong with her car. Like, it was a new car. She'd just gotten it. It was working well. It was fine. She changed the oil regularly. She got it serviced service regularly. I wake up that very morning that I had the dream, and I get a call from Melinda, and she says, Kelsey, my car, it's dead. It's done. It's broken. Exact words in my dream. And then it ended up that her and her boyfriend ended up breaking up.
1: Oh, I've only had one major paranormal experience.
0: You never told me this.
1: It, it happened when I was in college, but it, it wasn't anything that made me fully believe that there were spirits or ghosts or anything. It just freaked me out mostly. Um, but it was when I was in college and there was a road that was had a legend to it, and this road was uh, intertwined in a tunnel of trees. It was very dark, and it was said to have been where a bus full of children had crashed and burned due to a homicidal bus driver. And it was said that before that bus had crashed, many centuries before, that a farmer had murdered his daughter's lover on the farm because she he did not want his daughter hanging around him and he caught up to him and he hung him by the branches and ever since then the land had been cursed and so as dumb college kids do we we wanted to go and see the legend for ourselves so we went to the road and they said that if you go down the road facing the tunnel you will see the farmer and his sickle and so I was driving my car, I had two friends, and then my other two friends were in the car behind us. And for privacy reasons, I won't say any names, but we'll say Jackie. Uh, Jackie was in the front seat with me, and my friend Logan was in the back. And we had pulled my little 2001 Honda Accord uh, <laughs> <laughs> into this into the tunnel, and I, it was pitch black, it was one in the morning. And I s- turned onto the road, and I faced the tunnel, and I flashed my headlights. And I saw a person standing in front of my car for the split second and I immediately, I floored the car, I squealed my tires and I, I went <laughs> as fast as I absolutely, I, as fast as I could because I thought it was a deranged man standing in the road and i looked in the rear view mirror and there was no one there fight flight and i sprinted <laughs> yeah you you said we got a flight today bitch we're going to flight today so but no that was my only experience was i i saw something i think to this day my mind wanted to see that And so I just, my adrenaline was pumping and I just, I saw what I wanted to see. So I don't believe in ghosts, but that was an experience that did freak me out. And my friends who experienced it with me, they did. They freaked them out pretty good too.
0: Well, goddamn, you never told me this.
1: Yeah, I, I think about it often. I, I even called my boyfriend <laughs> at the time and I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? And he's like, are you OK? And I'm like, I'm just insane. It's fine. I just I saw a deranged haunted farmer, but it's fine.
0: A, der- a deranged haunted farmer. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but like I said, I I turned around. There was nothing there. So that I think it was just my brain wanted to see it. And I came up with it in my head.
0: You guys should let us know uh on Instagram if you want us to just do a season special on talking about our crazy experiences in life because we can do that.
1: Yeah, let us know if you have any ghost stories of your own.
0: Yes, please do. Absolutely. And maybe
1: maybe we'll do a season special where we read your ghost stories.
0: Ooh, that's a great. You know what? This is why they pay you the big bucks, dude. <laughs> really though, like
1: Yeah, we'll do a season special of our our listeners' uh, personal paranormal experiences.
0: I can get down with that. We should do it. This, like, kind of segues us into, into the next portion, the next story, pretty well. Okay. For those of you who know, you will know, but did you know that a man supposedly... Got possessed and was able to summon rain.
1: Rain as in like water?
0: As in rain anywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, I'm not getting it. I don't, I, what? Do you mean weather? Like he could make
1: it rain. Like money? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying water or weather and you're not responding. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand the question. And you said, make it rain. So I'm like, okay, was he able to make it rain money? (laughs) No, he was able to make it rain water. I said that twice. (laughs) I said water and you're like,
0: silence. Pamela, it's 10 p.m. It's midnight for you. I'm
1: fucking tired. I don't understand what's
0: going (laughs) on. My bedtime is 8 p.m. Oh, shit. See how much Pamela (laughs) loves you guys? That she's here (laughs) and she doesn't have to be. I'm just...
1: She actually does. I have to be here, but I'm hyped up on Celsius.
0: I like being here. Let's open the case file on Donald Decker, the Rain Man. In Pennsylvania in 1983, Donald Decker was in prison. He was actually let out on a seven-day furlough to attend his grandfather's funeral. His grandfather, named James Kishaw, who was very, very abusive and a very terrible man, as it is told. He physically abused Decker, and Decker kind of hoped that, like, you know, oh, my asshole of a grandfather passed away. I'm going to get some peace, you know? I'm finally going to be able to, like, process this and move on. Yeah. But that is not at all what happened. He went to the funeral and stayed with his friends, Bob and Jeannie Kiefer, and afterwards... They were having dinner and he started feeling really sick. So he excused himself from the table and his friends were like, you should go upstairs. You should go to bed. You're like, really don't look good. And instead, he was like, no, I'm just I'm going to go to the bathroom. But the temperature, it dropped like it went from nice indoor temperature to freezing cold just in a matter of like, boom, seconds He felt a scratching pain on his arm as three red and bloody marks appeared. Isn't that like, aren't those supposed to be telltale signs of like a,
1: you're in the presence of a demonic spirit or something? You're about to get possessed.
0: Oh, or that. Yes. He was in shock and he felt like he was going to pass out and he returned to his friends and they described him as in a trance. He was unresponsive to all of their attempts to get through to him. Oh, that's terrifying. The catatonic state came and went until a weird mist began to form in the room, swirling around the ground and Decker. The Kiefers immediately freaked out and called their landlord, who was also baffled. It wasn't an issue with the plumbing because there weren't any pipes in the front part of the house. The water went from a mist to now horizontal rain coming down in a horizontal rain pattern i guess that's the best way you could say it that sounds really odd it's bizarre it it always it horizontal rain makes me think of that uh scene in forrest gump like it's like spraying it's like it's i guess it's yeah almost because it's coming across like like rain on a really windy day when it just it's like when a pipe bursts and it's just like spraying you in the face yeah, that's why they thought it was a pipe at first, but there's no pipes in that part of the house. That's crazy. So now the Kiefer's have seen it. The landlord has seen it. Donald's still in some weird trance state, so he's he's not seeing it. So the police were called. I, I'm not really sure what the rationale behind that. Like, hey, cops, 911, my my friend's making it rain in my apartment. Can you please come help? <laughs> so they recommended that Decker and the Kiefer's leave for the time being. And as soon as Decker left the house, guess what happened? Hmm. The rain stopped. Oh. They ended up at a restaurant that pants Rufano owned. And she insisted that Decker was possessed by something evil. Suddenly, he went back into the trance and the rain started again. But this time in the restaurant. In the restaurant? In the restaurant, the rain started. First, it was in the, the dining room or the living room of the Kiefer's house. Now it's in Pam Scrufano's restaurant. Damn. So like everything's just getting flooded. <laughs> Everything, everything's getting
1: moist and wet. I'm thinking of just like water damage at this point.
0: Very true. So Pam, she goes and runs into her office, through the mist, through the rain, and places a crucifix on Decker's arm. Can you guess what happened next, Pam? Uh, well,
1: from one Pam to another, <laughs> um, I'm assuming it burned his arm.
0: He recoiled and it physically burned him. Called it. So he was then accused of damaging the property of the Kiefer's house. So they bring him back, and the landlord's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You damaged my property. Yeah. Because the rain followed him again. I feel bad, because, like, what if it wasn't his fault? Yeah, so, you know... And he just had to pay all that money. Exactly. So he's being yelled at by the landlord, and suddenly, in front of multiple witnesses, Decker lifts into the air and is thrown backwards into a cross-wearing police officer. He got... He got thrown... When Decker made contact with the cross, again, he got burned. Oh my
1: God, is is the dude okay? He just got thrown like a doll. Is the police officer okay? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, is everyone all right? I don't think <laughs> anyone's okay right now. No one's all right. Or, no one's okay. Everyone's wet and, and burning and- Unhappy. Cold, thrown and
0: confused. Everything's damaged. Everything sucks. The police chief didn't believe a word of it and ordered his officers to leave and not to return. Two curious officers did later come back to find Decker in a terrible state. There were horrendous claw marks on his neck and once again, he was thrown violently through the air by an unseen force. Oh, the claw marks on the neck?
1: The, I mean, it, hmm. The claw marks on the neck make me think self-inflicted in a way of like, maybe he felt like he was choking. Maybe, And he was just kind of scratching like, um, or maybe he just felt like something was squishing him. You know what I mean? Like when you feel a pressure, you just like you're scratching at it to like get it to stop. I do
0: have to say that nail marks on skin, like human nail marks, make a very distinct pattern. And did they not look like nail marks? Like a normal? It's always described as claw marks. Oh. Okay. So I'm guessing
1: no, it's not normal. Okay. I mean, my mind when I hear that, I think of like nails digging in. Yeah. But if, if, eh, I don't know, maybe claw could be something a little bit
0: sharper. Yeah, possibly making deeper demon claw, deeper wounds. Yeah. After a priest visited him and offered him resolution with prayer, Decker found that he could still summon the water with extreme concentration, although his fugue and trance states went away. So, uh, so this is all he's on furlough from prison. So they like Mm -hmm. gave him leave technically to go to his grandfather's funeral. So now he has to go back to prison and everyone's like, why were there police? Like what, what is happening? Why, why are you wounded? Like what, what's going on? Yeah. No one believed him when he told them I was possessed. So guards brought him to the warden's office and mocked him saying that he couldn't make it rain, but he did. With steady focus from Decker, the guards and warden became suddenly and unexplainably soaked. What? Decker, to this day, thinks that it was his grandfather coming back to abuse him once more.
1: Oh,
0: that makes me really sad, actually. Yeah, there's a lot to
1: unpack here. (laughs) I know this guy was in prison, um, but I can't help but feel a little bit of empathy for the child he once was who was abused. I know. That's the only part. People that abuse kids are just fucking ridiculous. Like, go fuck yourself.
0: There's not a lot of, oh, we've totally debunked this, you know? Are you saying we haven't? Was that sarcasm? No, no. I mean, there's not, you know, like with Daitlov, the Daitlov Pass, which we'll get to in a different season special or even a season, there's not... A, uh, y- you know, there are like pages and pages of people like, I debunked it, I debunked it, I debunked it. But with this, it's just like, there's one website, it's a New Zealand researcher named Robert Bartholomew, and he's basically saying that he doesn't believe a word of it. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, this was on All- Unsolved Mysteries in 1993, and Paranormal Witnesses in 2011, this story was aired, if you guys want to see personal accounts and watch it, that's where you can go to do it. So this is this actually added a detail that all of the sources I researched said never posted. It says he had a vision of an old man wearing a crown in a window when he went to the bathroom before the rain came. You just have to be so careful with these stories because there are so many different versions. So many.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like you got to combine all of them in a way. To where you're like, well, reasons are A, B, and C. (laughs) Yeah. It just, you know, it tells the story. Well, that's what makes them fascinating because other people throw their own thoughts into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, This guy, the researcher from New Zealand, quote, I do not think those involved are lying. I think it is a classic case of social delusion. If these events happen the way people claim they did over several days, it is beyond belief that no one took photos. End quote.
1: Huh. So, I mean it sounds like you said his name was Donald. Donald Decker. It sounds like Donald was going through something. It sounds
0: pretty bad, I won't lie. I mean, yeah, I when when someone that when someone that abused you greatly as a kid that it seems like he had separation from his grandfather, when that person dies you would think that it would give you relief, but instead it just it really it just re-traumatizes you.
1: Yeah, especially if you weren't able to properly process the trauma that happened to you in your childhood. A lot of adults still carry what happened to them in their childhood throughout their adult life, but it shows in different ways. And you can you can go through a whole Psychology, there's, I recommend deep diving into that because it's it's really fascinating uh, of what the mind can do um, when the uh, unfortunate events of childhood trauma do occur, but it
0: it it can stick with you until the very end. Oh, he actually went back to prison. Oh, dear God! After he was released, this is an article from WNEP. And it says that it was published October 19th, 2012. He set something on fire and then turned himself in. Oh, interesting. So that, that just goes to your point that, I mean, this man's trauma was not processed. You you don't become a felon or a criminal just because, you know? Yeah. You You do it because there's something going on in your life. There's something going on in your brain. And we know that trauma can do both. Right. And it's important to note that if you are
1: dealing with traumatic events, or if you're trying to currently process some traumatic events, um, and when you learn about some of these bigger killers or some of these bigger well-known killers, and you find out that they were abused or something or other similar to that, you, what happened to them? is not an excuse for the violence that they caused. but Yeah,
0: not at all. It's
1: important to recognize that it's an explanation, not an excuse.
0: Well, if you've ever seen um, the TV show Medium with Patricia Arquette, the first episode, actually, it goes into that really well. The character that Patricia Arquette plays, she has to go and convict this man who, content warning, raped and killed this little boy. And then you can see the generations of just this man raped the boy, but someone raped the man and then someone raped the other man and over and over and just like the lines and the lineage that crime follows, I guess, in a way. And so anyways, Pamela had to go to sleep. So I'm going to do this outro by myself. We've been having technical difficulties all night. So I just told her to go, go ahead, go to sleep, take care of yourself, your physical health, your mental health. It's health. It's, it's so important, but Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that everyone has a great weekend, a great week, and we will see you guys bright back and early on Monday. We're going to be uploading season three, episode five once we figure all of these technical difficulties out. Uh, we're just we're having so many issues, you know. We've re-recorded episode five three times, and every time it's just a bust. It's just terrible. And I've gotten new wires. I replaced my equipment. I'm using a different microphone everything is just not going right and ironically the episode about possession might actually be possessed because the first night we recorded it my ceiling fan that's a pull to start it turned itself on i've never like there's no light switch that turns it on you actually have to pull it i can't even reach the string And then, you know, the recording kept canceling out. It kept kicking Pamela out, kicking me out, freezing. It kept turning my microphone off, disconnecting it completely from my computer. And then we were finally okay, (laughs) we're putting our hats in. We're going to sleep, figuring this out another time. So, you know, then I go on to my living room and my lamp's on. It just turned itself on. Another pull to start. Later that night, it, not even later that night, it was 30 minutes later, my dog starts barking at the office door. There was no one in here. My dog doesn't bark. She's barked three times in the two and a half years I've had her. So it's just a lot of weird stuff happening all at the same time. And I swear, we're not making this up for content. It's just, it's been a weird go. So luckily, we have this season special that we had on the back end that we could push through so you guys could have an episode for the week. But yeah second time we tried to record my voice was all recorded our editor Chris he was like can't work with this your voice is distorted it's warped something doesn't sound right it happened again tonight we actually recorded an entire 20 minute outro where we talked about our theories with the case and some things that we think about it and it just deleted the entire thing it kept the first half of the recording but the outro is just gone it's (laughs) to the wind in the abyss who knows where it is so my lovely editor who's turning into more of a producer and editor he's going to be coming over and helping me figure it out and fix my equipment see what the fuck is actually going on because it is bizarre anyways i know i'm rambling but without further ado thank you guys so much for listening to this kind of chaotic season special we appreciate you guys so much don't forget to leave us a nice review And check us out on all social medias, Haunted Detective, whether it's haunted underscore detective or haunted.detective.pod on TikTok and haunted.detective on Instagram. And we respond to all DMs. So send us a message and tell us what you think. We will have our episode up next week. I promise. (laughs) This has been a weird week, guys. (laughs)